Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello. Welcome to Telling Everybody Everything. It is mid-March, which means it's almost April, which means it's nearly summer, which means soon we'll be out of lockdown. They say... How exciting, how exciting it will be to be in the pubs, in the beer gardens, whatever it is that you are looking forward to. I think that that's around the corner. And let's hold them to that. Can we do that? Can we say, nah, you know what? We tried it your way. This is what we're doing now. A lot of us have the vaccine. Let's just figure it out. I'll wear masks forever. I don't care. I know a lot of people disagree with me. And they're like, no masks, none of this, no lockdown. I like the mask. It affords me a lot of anonymity. You don't have to think about lipstick. You just put it on. I mean, it's really fun to go around not having to say hello to people that you want to swerve. Same with a baseball cap, a hood, a toque in Canada. We have many toques, sunglasses. Basically, we all just look incognito, and I like it. First big news of the day, I kept Bobby out of jail, narrowly. Actually, we both kept him out of jail at the very last minute. What happened was this. When I was 16 years old, I was lucky enough to start working in a restaurant. It was called Stokes by the Bay. It was the coolest restaurant in Sarnia in the summer. It's where all the kids my age went with fake IDs uh, for Thursday night gatherings, but it was also a real hot spot for everyone in town. Lunch, beautiful patio right on the water. Americans would come over as like three minutes from America and you would just have like delicious cocktails, salads, chicken wings, nachos, steak, chicken fish. I mean, I still remember a lot of the menu. Buffalo chicken strips, of course. You would have those things either inside the restaurant at a number of beautiful bars that we had. It was a big venue. Or outside and you just listen to the breeze. It was such a cool place. Such a cool place. So because my friend Heather, who you might have heard on Telling Everybody Everything when we did an episode about Jesus, because Heather, she is the daughter of a king, she says, soldier of Christ. God bless her for that. Love listening to Heather. Her mother is such a wonderful woman as well. We grew up doing musical theater together. And her mother was very good friends with the owner of Stokes. That's how I got a job. It's called nepotism. So I started working there as a hostess because you're not allowed to serve alcohol. 
until you're 18 years old. You can't drink alcohol in Ontario until you're 19, but you can bring it to a table. You can be trusted to key it into the computer and deliver it to a table when you're 18. Did I have sips here and there? Of course I did. Never on the way to the customer, always on the way back. If it was like a pretty girl and I could tell she didn't backwash, I would drink some of her drink. Or if she left a few chicken wings, we would call them dirty wings, dirts. I would eat those, sure. That's most people in the service industry. We have a little stash of, you know, leftover food in a takeaway container. Why? Because we're being economical, frugal, smart. So I worked at Stokes and my mother noticed that the oil from the kitchen or just being in that environment or maybe just being 16 started to create some congestion in my skin. And of course, my mother was a good mom, very thoughtful. And she thought, oh, a teenager with bad skin makes being a teenager even more difficult. Catherine, you're going to go have a facial. And I thought, what is a facial? Is it going to hurt? Is it invasive? (laughs) Little did we know. It would be the beginning of a beautiful relationship with aesthetics. But I went for this facial and man alive, I loved it. It was one of those facials where they do extractions. They'll do the clay mask. They'll do maybe a really light retinol peel. I don't know if they use vitamin A on a 16-year-old. But in any case, it was such a great facial. And the woman actually got one specific blackhead that I looked at. And that's one of my great interests, even today. I don't get many blackheads. I'm very blessed that way. But if I do see one, oh, it's a, it's a wonderful time. And so my daughter, Violet, she's nearly 12. She has beautiful skin, of course, nothing wrong with her skin. But I am in a position where as lockdown lifts, some of these essential services are coming back. I like to support the beauty and aesthetics industry. I feel like shutting all of that down while you leave big conglomerates open, it it really hurts beauticians. It really hurts salon owners. It hurts mostly women, if I'm honest. And I thought, oh, I'm going to book in for a facial as soon as I can. And Violet wears a little bit of makeup sometimes. You know, they do the YouTube tutorials, TikTok, whatever. And I thought, well, she'll start to get some congestion around her nose. I wonder if 11 is too young for a facial. Do you have to wait till 12? What are the legalities of this? Am I just wasting my money? Of course, we're not going to do like a microderm abrasion or peel on a 12-year-old. If you're listening to this thinking, what, this is super niche. No, no, there are lots of people interested in where I'm going with this. Trust me. (laughs) I thought, can I bring Violet for a facial? And Bobby said, oh, I'll Google it. I'll Google if it's too young. So he types into his phone, 11-year-old girl facial. And he was about to search it. He was about to enter that into the abyss of his computer and have all of the surveillance platforms realizing, all the alarms in the local police station going off, all of the trucks and helicopters and whomever is in charge of the shit would have descended on our home if he had actually searched 11-year-old girl facial. And we both know the connotations of that. We didn't think of it straight away. And then we both, I said, no, when I dove onto the bed, stop. And he went, oh, yeah, stop. And he threw his phone in the other direction, just threw it clear across the fucking bedroom. None of us wanted any part of that. And he didn't search it. It's not something we can search. It's not 
a question that we can ever ask the internet because people are sick and because some weird things might show up. So luckily, bullet dodged. We realized where that could go wrong at exactly the right time. And my husband remains here in the house with me, not a criminal. And uh, if you know if 12 is too young to get a facial, I mean, maybe I'll just ask my esthetician. I think it's fine. I'm sure there's a teen facial. Oh, I'm not Googling that. God. Why does everyone have to be so sick? Why? Because I want to live in a world where I can find out this information about skincare, but I can't. I have to ask someone like in an alley, psst, psst, excuse me, do you know? I can't enter it into a computer ever. Women have had a rough week. And that's an understatement. And I don't want to get too serious about it because obviously it's been a harrowing few days. We had International Women's Day, Meghan Markle's interview, the denial that Meghan Markle could have ever been suicidal. Then Mother's Day, while Sarah Everard was tragically missing... And I had a terrible feeling. As soon as that came on the news, I just went, oh, no, that's not going to end the way we want it to. I hate I hate that that's where your mind goes. But the worst became, you know, true. Um, that girl lost her life and a off-duty armed forces police officer, someone who guarded diplomats. I'm not exactly sure. I know they have classifications type of officer has been arrested for her murder. Then there was a protest. Uh, It wasn't a protest, actually. It was a vigil. Loads of women gathered where Sarah went missing to lay flowers, to light candles, to remember her. And so many women who we tragically lose every year, every week. And that turned into... I don't know what happened. I don't know if I've read reports that provocateurs descended on this and there were just female officers attending the event. It's all complicated right now with COVID. Are you allowed to protest? Are you not? Are you allowed to gather? Are you not? Now there's a bill passed in parliament that is making it less likely that we will be allowed to protest in the future. It turned into a whole violent scenario and women were pictured being thrown to the ground and handcuffed and pushed and the police it just ended in the worst way the police looked to be very aggressive uh grabbing and arresting these women who apparently just went there to hold a vigil so it's been a messy week and a very sad one and lots of women that i know and lots of women that i don't are posting their experiences of being harassed online, of not feeling safe walking home online. Then, I think in a show of hyperbole, someone said, well, it's not our responsibility. Of course, what was she wearing? Where was she walking? Why was she alone? These questions are ridiculous. Someone said 97% of violent perpetrators are male. So let's give the men a curfew then. 7 p.m., no men out. That should solve violence against everyone. Well, now that gets taken very literally, of course. And there were loads of men who said, well, why should we have a curfew? I, I really don't believe that anyone was actually suggesting that you should have a curfew. I think it was just a portrayal of, look how ridiculous it sounds that you should have to 
be in the house past 7 p.m. This is how ridiculous it feels when it's suggested that we have to modify our behavior and be so vigilant to stay safe. The whole thing is silly uh, and sad. Nevertheless, it's turned into another fight. Uh, Demographics against other demographics and people misunderstanding each other accidentally or uh, willfully misunderstanding each other. It's a tale as old as time. And to cap it all off, last night in Atlanta, there was a American terrorist who, I mean, the story is still developing, but as I read it now, he committed a very racially gender motivated attack where he went into a series of massage parlors and shot, I believe it's eight women thus far. Some have died and people reach out. People go, Catherine, what is your comment on? Well, what the fuck do you think? Like, what's my whole career been about? What's, where, what's my position on the m- terrible, tragic murder? You know what it is. Um, and it's sad. And I'm meant to be a comedian. I haven't done any of that in a very long time. But uh, there are times to be serious and times to be earnest and sincere. You can guess my position on it, but I'm not going to be talking about it a lot. And I just really hope that her family are all right and that well, I mean, they're not. They're not. I try to bring uh, British news in my periphery, British goings on, just what I see onto the podcast. So if you're listening from another country and the Sarah Everard story is not in your news cycle, then unfortunately, there will be other missing women in your neighborhood. And maybe it will have blown up into a massive news story. Maybe it won't have. But it makes you just as sad, as deeply sad and sick and angry every single time. So, I mean, all that we can do now, I just am watching and listening and trying to send whatever like comforting, healing vibes to her family because it's simply everyone's greatest nightmare. There's no smooth segue out of this. I mean, I think we've begun by talking about women. It's interesting. I I said a few times lost her life when she lost her life. Like it's a set of keys. She did not lose. No woman that I spoke about lost her life. It was brutally fucking taken from her. And I think language is so important. And one of the main takeaways when reading all of these stories and just reflecting this week is that we say violence against women, which is real passive language. There's no uh, object in that language, just violence against. This violence comes out of nowhere and it happens against women. I think we need to stop being centered in this discussion as, you know, the ones who have to be careful and the ones who have to do this. It's like, we need to address where the violence is coming from and why. And I don't mean to single out a group of people and inspire a not all hashtag, but like where, where is this aggression coming from? And in America, I am seeing loads of aggression between two women, one of whom I really like. And a lot of people are asking me about this as well. Cardi B, uh, no, I don't ever agree with all of the actions of the people that I admire, but I agree with, um, or I'm at least a fan of a lot of what Cardi B does. Don't have a problem with WAP. 
my very own husband was asking me the other day, well, how come society's fine with WAP and they're not fine with some of the cartoons in Dr. Seuss books? I mean, we're really comparing apples and oranges. I think women in the music industry especially have been passive recipients of manipulation of their image or as go as far as abuse and victimization. And then we see Britney Spears who can't even buy a stick of gum without permission. So to see Megan the Stallion and Cardi B take ownership of their sexuality, and we had the same conversations when Beyonce was taking ownership of her sexuality, that's not offensive. That's uh, an overcorrection that is much needed in that industry. So, I mean, that's my view on it. Anyway, she is fighting with Candace Owens. I can't even tell you exactly who Candace Owens is. She's something to do with politics. She's a very outspoken American woman. And I wonder why she's fighting with Cardi B today. It's because she has a new show coming out on Friday. And she's like, oh, it's trending number one. Well, oh, again, tale as old as time. It's the whole Britney and Christina rivalry again. These two women need to just stop fighting. And Candace is very right wing, uh, from what I understand. And she talks a lot about snowflake culture and cancel culture and victimization. But the whole trailer for her new show is the the tone is everyone hates me. Everyone's mad at me. Everyone's trying to silence me because I'm Candace Owen. And I'm hated for this. It's like, wait a minute. I thought that you were strong and you hated people complaining. So stop talking about what everyone dislikes about you and stand proudly and sell me your show. Unless, oh, oh, your show is just about you retaliating against all the people who don't like you. So, I mean, if you're not familiar with this story, I think a lot of my UK listeners will not care what's going on between Cardi B and Candace Owens, but it gets pretty spicy Candace Owens was criticizing Cardi B and Megan's performance at the Grammys from Monday night. She's a conservative pundit who went in on WAP, saying things like, how come it's not okay for you to make your man a sandwich, but it's okay to like pop your pussy? I don't know the words that she used, probably, you know, bounce your vagina off your friend's vagina on stage. This is an attack on American values, American traditions. You're ruining what children aspire to. And a lot of people agree with this position. Fine. Cardi B responded basically in a jovial way, like, haha, I'm on Fox News now. Thanks, Candace. But then it really went down a dark path. And they tweeted back and forth covering everything from race and gender politics to each other's spouses and children. So I mean, Candace has spoken in the past about Cardi B's husband cheating on her. Cardi B is retweeting this rumor that Candace's husband cheated on her with her brother or something. It just went completely left. And I know it's sick, but I kind of like it on the subject of overcorrections. When women talk about each other's partners like they're hoes, it kind of reminds me of what men have done for so long and been like, your mom's a hoe, your wife, I fucked your girlfriend or whatever. That would happen in ice hockey in Canada all the time. Guys, who had dated women that were now dating guys on the opposite team, they'd face off with the puck or whatever that's called. And they'd be like, how does my dick taste? You know, it was objectifying these women. And now the women are objectifying the men. And it just, 
It doesn't make it right. I just love to see things flipped. It, gi- it gives me a giggle. I don't like that these women are fighting. I hate to see any women fighting. But when they start down the path of, well, your husband did this. Well, your husband fucked your brother. Like, I don't know. It tickles me slightly for that reason. Now it's a mess and legal action has been threatened. And it's just so disappointing to see. So disappointing to see women using fights with other women to sell their own shit. But because we live in a sick planet, it works. Watch, Roisin Connedy will have a new TV show coming out. And I will pick some fight with her to promote my new TV show coming out. And we'll be like, whatever, bitch, when you bounce your bounce your butt off your sister's face. I don't know how these fights even begin, but I'm talking about them now. I'm promoting Candace Owens' conservative pundit show where she cries about everyone hating her. And it's in every magazine, every news station in America. Breaking news, women are having a spat. Melania was dragged into this. Cardi B's posting old nude photos of Melania. And we've got to stop. If people, random violence against women is materializing in the streets, then we need to not be divided on so many issues at the same time. Oh, no, you don't do feminism the way I like. That's not, oh, no, you're not representing the women. that I'm. Let's please stop fighting between ourselves. Number one, that's all that we can control right now. That's it. Because it's all part of the greater plan to keep us busy and jealous and aggressive and distracted and fighting. And I'm very excited to be celebrating women as often as I can. There's a very special segment on my podcast today where I learned a lot about my ancestors, specifically the female ones that I found it, you know, there were some missing links there. So I hope that you enjoy this and I'll be right back. Do-do-do. Whatever you think about her, Margaret Thatcher was definitively her son's mother, and yet her powerful name was not included on his marriage certificate. Even the queen herself was absent from Charles and Camilla's documentation. Why? Because mother's names were only added to British marriage certificates in 2018. This next segment of Telling Everybody Everything is brought to you in partnership with Ancestry. Ancestry can help you find representation of women in records, women in education, women during wartime, in the workplace, or fighting for social change. Women's fascinating and inspiring stories and experiences from the past should be uncovered and shared by their feisty descendants. We owe them that much. Ancestry can shed light on the experiences of women in your family with a surprising level of detail about their lives. So, many of us are friends already, and you might have seen me on the BBC travel around Atlantic Canada and parts of the UK trying to search my ancestry. I wasn't able to find everything, but I've been recently using Ancestry to fill in a lot of those important gaps, specifically about my mother's side of the family tree. I wanted to know more about my third great-grandmother, Mary Sill. All I knew about her is that she was the mother of my second great-grandfather, Edgar Tresillian Sill. And I thought that was a really cool name, Tresillian Sill. And I knew that he was born in Wales. I could see from Mary Sill's death record that she died when Edgar, her son, was only five years old. So I've been using Ancestry to find out more and 
they've got it. It's all here. Let me tell you what they found. Edgar Tresillian Sill was born in Swansea, Wales, and his parents were called Robert Sill and Mary Bell. That was her maiden name. He emigrated to Canada as a teenager, and Mary Bell was not listed as one of the passengers. So the question is, what happened to Mary Bell? All that I knew is that she died in 1880, and I didn't know how, but I was able to find with the records on ancestry that she passed away in Swansea at the age of 30. She was very recently or maybe still pregnant at the time of her untimely death. The cause of death was listed as vomiting, the result of pregnancy, two days pulmonary embolism. So complications of pregnancy, very common back then, very, very sad to see. So to learn a little bit more about the woman Edgar likely really never knew, we expanded Mary Bell's tree to find out more about the women in her life. So Mary Bell was born in March 1850, and she was baptized in the parish of Walton-on-the-Hill in the county of Lancashire. Her father was an officer in customs at the port of Liverpool who lived on Windsor Street, just a few miles from the customs house. See, they've got all these records. Mary never knew her father because he died around the same time she was born. But Mary's mother baptized her daughter without the husband on that certificate and then later moved in with her own mother. So now we have baby Mary living with her mother, who's moved in with her own mother, that's my five times great-grandmother, on the 1851 census. That's three generations of women all living in the same home together with both adult women as widows. Her mother was called Susanna Clifford, and she was listed as the proprietor of houses as her occupation. Susanna's income was from the rent she received from those that lived in those properties. So these are strong, working, widowed women amid the Industrial Revolution living in Bristol, England. How cool! It was great to unearth that story. I hate the thought of some of my ancestors dying without resolution and I like the power that I'm able to carry on their stories and tell my daughter and tell you guys about these strong working Bristolian women in my family. I know a lot of women use journaling to tell their stories. That wasn't just a hobby for rich women, but Ancestry has access to all these types of records that can help you find the ancestors that you might not know anything about. And you could uncover some amazing surprises like I did. I fed this information back to all my family and they were very impressed too with these three working babes living in Bristol. So shout out to you three ladies. Thank you for everything that you did to thrive and survive during the Industrial Revolution in Bristol. Thank you so much for listening to this special Telling Everybody Everything segment brought to you in partnership with Ancestry. I genuinely love learning about my ancestors, and I hope it's inspired you to take the time to uncover surprises about your own, especially those tricky, tricky, shape-shifting, name-changing, off-grid women. (laughs) Cool, right? And I never really thought about it, but I could have some great, 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 great granddaughter who is a saucy lady who has a podcast or a hologram, whatever incarnation of communication exists in the year 2100. I don't know, 2200. I don't really know how time works. And 
that great, great granddaughter, this could happen to all of us, she could be unearthing things about us and just spilling all of our tea all over telling everybody everything, you know, version of the future. You just, you never know. You never know how long your legacy will live on. And I am obsessed with finding out about these ancestors. So I hope you like that real information about my life. If you're from Bristol, if you're from Lancashire, if you're from Wales, if you recognize any of those last names, maybe we're family. But let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I will read your emails. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a fun one. Catherine, I'm 21 and I live with my partner in our first flat. I really want to get a dog, but I don't know if it's a rational idea. We have grass outside our building, but no balcony or anything, which isn't a big problem for me, but apparently it will be super annoying. My parents say I should wait as I'll want to go clubbing and I'll be away too much. However, I'm not a party girl, so I'm not sure what they're talking about. (laughs) I love that your parents are like, no, 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 no. You need to sow your oats, young lady. You need to try methamphetamines. You need to... I mean, I was never about the clubbing really when I was 21. And I got a dog and I lived in a condo. I did not have a balcony either. And yes, it depends on the kind of dog. It is super annoying because you do have to go down the lift or the stairs or whatever you have to take them out. But if you're ready to make that commitment then get a dog. I got a little teacup Shih Tzu called Biggie. Biggie because of Notorious B.I.G. And he was the best. He was the best thing that ever happened in my life. And when you talk about a dog that doesn't exist, it's very abstract. And your parents like, will you want to walk it? Will you want to feed it? Well, while it doesn't exist in your life, it's an it. It's an it. You don't love it. But if you have a little teacup Shih Tzu licking your face in the morning, I found that Biggie was a great way for me to start the day. I, you know, I had flatmates who were sleeping in and who were going out clubbing. I wanted to get home after work to see him and I wanted to get up early and walk him. And that was just the kind of 21 year old that I was. So should I buy a dog now? You only get one life. Do what you have to do. Or should I wait till I'm older and more boring? Look, There are going to be some dog lovers who disagree with me on this and say, just wait, wait, wait. But if you wait to do the things that you want, they will never happen. Get this dog, but be very strict with yourself. You owe this dog your time, your attention. Do not fucking neglect this dog. 
Do not let this dog wee in your house and become a problem and research the kind of breed that you're going to get. Get a lazy dog. It doesn't have to be a tiny dog. Just get a dog that fits with your life and devote everything that you can to it. There are so many lockdown dogs. Uh, They've just transformed people's lives. Dogs, I believe, make people happier. Get one. Tell your parents, I said. Stop trying to get your daughter to go around the city and have one night stands and let her get the dog of her dreams. Oh no. Next email. I found my boyfriend's porn folder on his PC. Listen, I'm finishing my book right now. It's called The Audacity. You can pre-order it if you want, but like already you and I are simpatico. I have been there. I just wrote a chapter about it. Let's hear what you have to say. Catherine, I've been with my boyfriend for almost eight years, and we have an 18-month-old child together. Our relationship has been pretty solid. We never argue or have huge problems like some other couples that we know. We can be reasonable and have conversations and discussions whenever either of us has an issue. The other week, I found a folder on his PC with a lot of porn videos sorted into folders by the porn star's name. Can I just say, what is it about people? I mean, I don't know what to call this guy a sex addict or what, but what is with the fastidious organization? Like, there was a guy in my life who kept an Excel spreadsheet of everyone he'd fucked, like, you know, how a serial killer would do. He had, like, digital trophies of this, and it was all very meticulous. And, I mean, is his room that clean? Does he keep his laundry pile as organized as this porn folder? I doubt it. What has bothered me the most is there was another folder called Insta. Oh, and inside was a girl's whole Insta profile. All of their photos that they'd posted and some of their story uploads too. Just to note that when I first met him, I was aware there was a porn folder, but I had never seen it. He said after a few years together that he had deleted it. Aha. So there's some dishonesty here. I confronted him about this. He said that he's sorry, and he only downloaded the Insta profiles once. The date created details say otherwise, but I chose not to argue about this, as this conversation was just as uncomfortable for me. He promised me to delete it all. I told him I'm not against him masturbating, as that would make me a hypocrite. But the Insta profiles and the girls he was looking at were young girls who were everything I'm not. I asked him, do you want me to be like that? Do you want me to be super skinny? Do you want me to wear that much makeup and dress provocatively? His answer was no, and he loves me the way I am. Okay, I panicked a bit when I heard young girls, but I'm thinking now you mean 18, 19, 20, which I still don't love. I do not love that. But I do think that there is a version of events where one can have a fantasy type woman that they look at in pornography. I mean, I'm I'm not about that life, but I mean, if you are okay with that in your relationship, it doesn't mean that he expects you to emulate these women. You know, sometimes men, I guess, just want something different. And the fact that it's different is the appeal. He doesn't want you to look like them. This morning, I did the stupid thing and I looked at his browser history on his phone. The plot thickens. 
This is not the type of person I am. Well, it is. I trust him, but I had a feeling and I acted on it. I saw that he had looked at the girls' profiles on his phone the day after we had this conversation, and then again several days afterwards. He was looking at their profiles on Mother's Day when we were meant to be celebrating me as a mom to our daughter. Listen, men do not take a day off wanking for Mother's Day. He said that it was only five minutes of him looking at their profiles and that it's nothing. His words were, it's not like I am messaging them. My argument is that looking is just as bad as liking or following. By stalking them, you're hiding the fact that you like her profile. He's revisiting girls' profiles on a regular basis. I've said to him, this only makes me feel like I'm not enough for you. You want to look at unrealistic young girls who wear sexy clothes and poses in attractive ways? Well, I'm not going to be able to do that for you. I think liking a photo or messaging a woman is hugely different to just looking at a profile because I think there's voyeurism and there's interaction. And as soon as you message someone or like their photo, that becomes an extra step of interaction. But I mean, if your boundaries are that it's all the same to you and you've made that clear, then fine. But like, if you want my advice, maybe think about the difference there because I think it's a leap. To sum it all up, It's not my body confidence massively. I did have a baby two years ago and I gained a few extra pounds. I went up from a size 8 to a size 10 to 12. He said he's sorry. He loves me. He finds me attractive. And I'm the girl he wants to be with. But I just don't want to be his crazy girlfriend who worries about what my boyfriend's looking at on the internet and down his phone. Thanks. Ooh, it's a messy one. Whatever your partner is doing that makes you feel uncomfortable... I think, deserves discussion and deserves to be readjusted. I think you need to decide, do you actually have a problem with him looking at porn or not? Because you say you do and you say you don't. If you don't mind him looking at it and having a wank or whatever, then uh, maybe you can put some boundaries on it. Like don't save it to folders. Don't let me see that you're looking at it. Make that very private. Like, don't go to the toilet with the door open, basically. Like, you can be discreet in your relationship. If you do have a problem with him looking at porn, then you need to voice that and be very honest and don't say that it's fine with you if it isn't. If body image is what's going on or if it's the type of women that he's looking at, then that is a whole separate issue that you need to confront too. Do you trust him? Do you believe him when he says that you're beautiful and he loves you and he doesn't want you to look like these women? Is it the fact that he told you he deleted it, but he hadn't really? Do you feel like women on Instagram are maybe more attainable or more real or closer to cheating than professional sex workers or porn actresses? You know, I think that... There's a little mixed messaging going on here and you need to step away from your conversations with him. Be really clear in your own mind. And it might take you a few weeks. What part of it is bothering you? And when you're sure about that, reapproach him and say, if something was bothering you a lot and you were clear with me, I would offer you the same respect that I am expecting in return. Obviously, he loves you. He's said that he wants to stay with you and be a family. And if that is true, then it's his responsibility to make you comfortable. 
And I'm sure that whatever you're asking of him is not unreasonable. You just have to be really clear about it. Clear with yourself, clear with telling everybody everything, and clear with him. Good luck. Oh, God. Subject of the email. Catherine, my landlord is a low-key, legit pedophile. Do I tell other tenants? I happen to know through a series of circumstances that my landlord has been previously arrested in a dawn raid for looking at indecent images of children online. God knows how he seemed to get off with a warning and didn't end up in prison. Yeah, God knows indeed. Fast forward and he's recently been caught again. That investigation, I believe, is ongoing, so I shall mention it no further. Thank you. Very litigiously minded of you. Telling everybody everything appreciates it as well, legally speaking. The point is that I know this information and know that nobody else does. The issue is I live in an area where he owns approximately 30 houses and apartments. We live opposite a primary school, so nearly all of these properties spanning three streets are occupied by families of my child's schoolmates. So, I mean, I must make it clear No evidence of any physical abuse, but he has been caught looking at indecent images on multiple occasions. This man has a set of keys to all of our properties. He knows all of our alarm codes. I cannot accuse him of anything without evidence or proof, but this fact does make me uncomfortable. I know there was an occasion a few years ago that he let himself into another tenant's property in the middle of the night, and her boyfriend happened to be staying over that night and found him in the hallway up the stairs. He told police she was late on her rent, so he had a right to enter the property to check whether she had done a runner and he needed to prepare the house to rent it out. This, for me, does not explain the middle of the night thing, exactly. And the courts ordered that she did not have to pay him any arrears owed until she and her son found somewhere else to live. My question is, do you think my neighbors should know about this pedo thing just to be wary I couldn't just tell everyone up front without endangering the people that got this information to me. They told me in confidence, and I can't have him know that it came from them, which he will know if it is me who spreads the story. So I'd have to what? Poison pen letter? Cut words out of a newspaper to make an 80s style ransom note? Both good ideas, by the way. Post through letterboxes in the dead of night? I can't risk even whispering to the biggest gossips knowing they'd spread it without risking one of them would say that it was me who told them. What do you think? Keep quiet or find a way to let everyone know a pedo has access to our homes with our kids in. What the freaking hell? I wonder what your proof is. If there's a way... Because you're right, you cannot ever accuse someone of someone that of something that terrible without being absolutely sure. And why didn't he get an official caution? Why is he not on a registry for these images? Why is he allowed to live opposite of primary school? Like I have a lot of concerning questions. Um, not that I trust that these people are dealt with properly all of the time. But yes, I would if I was sure, and I'm going to trust you that you are, I would want to alert my neighbor. There's nothing that would matter more to me than alerting my neighbors and their children. Yeah. I guess, do you know the police regimen? I mean, God, this week and the police and the safety of women. I mean, I don't even know where to start. But is there a bureau that you could go into and say, 
hey, do you guys have any public record of this Dawn raid uh, that's independent of the friends or whomever that I heard it from? I Look, I'm going to trust you that you're sure. If you're not sure, you can't do anything but maybe request that he is investigated, maybe. I know that a lot of boroughs take child safety very seriously. I don't know where you live, but I might make a new complaint. Be like, do you know, I've heard that there was a dawn raid against this guy for looking at indecent images and he has access to all these children. I would appreciate a visit for the welfare of my child and other children. Maybe they could do that. And if you are sure, 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 then absolutely do your first ideas of leaving like anonymous notes around or or tell your friends, do whatever you can, whatever you have to do to keep people and especially children safe in your community. That is not something that I would compromise on. And it sounds to me like you wouldn't either. So try it the safe way, ask the authorities. But if you are sure, then keep these kids safe and F that pedo. Well, ladies, this has been a week of twists and turns, ups and downs, some tragedies and a few victories. And wow, the emails. Wow, the emails. Thank you so much for listening to Telling Everybody Everything. If you have a chance to search your ancestors with Ancestry, I absolutely recommend that you do so. I loved doing that and unearthing these stories. I've learned so much this week just watching and listening and feeling sad and feeling angry. And I really hope, quite sincerely, that we all have a much better time as the weeks move into summer. So please look after each other. Please look after yourselves. And see you next time.